Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Thank you, David, and welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, We're broadcasting live from Carmel, California, as we do each and every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And this is our second straight week that uh, we're streaming live, so if you want to see what goes on behind the scenes and in the studio, uh, go to jlwcos.tv. I'll repeat, jlwcos.tv. And you'll see a tab at the top that says uh, uh, watch the show live here. Like I said, this has been primarily set up. I don't know why I should say that word. Primarily set up for our television show. Uh, But uh, we're going to continue to use it in our radio show as well. So you can go there and uh, you can uh, view. And uh, you can also, we have a chat, if I could talk this morning, uh, also available if you want to do that. And if you want to participate in the, the show today, you're certainly encouraged to do so. You can do it in many different ways. Uh, Twitter, you can call in and ask a question at 619-768-7298. So we got a lot of different uh, things that we're uh, experimenting with to make the quality of the show better and to give you more uh, informed uh, opportunities, if you will. Okay, today's show. Wow. Um, can public-private partnerships create jobs? For our regular listeners, you probably remember I started doing a show on public-private partnership back in uh, July 2011. And, well, I should say more about infrastructure development, uh, focusing down specifically in our home state of California. Uh, We led off with uh, uh, wonderful guests uh, from uh, the EUCA and our association in California. And uh, we've done other shows. from uh, guests, from uh, CEOs, from construction firms, all across the board on this subject matter. So it's like anything that you do, right? It's, uh, it's hard at the beginning. However, on the 14th day of January 2012, in my opinion, uh, we're no further along and really creating jobs in, in a mass way uh, that we could be doing. So I thought it would be a good uh, kickoff, uh, once again in 2012, uh, to uh, go back and revisit and bring up some current uh, stuff and uh, about uh, three Ps, what it is, what it isn't. Uh, it's not uh, uh, panacea. It's uh, not everything to all people. However, it is an option. So we want to look at that, 
And to that light, on Monday, on our television show Monday, on KYMB-TV, Comcast Channel 19 at 1 p.m., and again, streaming live at JLWCOS.TV, uh, I'm going to have a guest from uh, New York City. His name's David Drake. Uh, David has been quite a proponent uh, in supporting and promoting uh, what's called crowdfunding, uh, H.R. Bill 2930, which passed uh, on November the 8th. Uh, the intent of the bill is to provide uh, entrepreneurs more access to investment capital. So you can see what we're doing. It's all about uh, all about creating jobs. Uh, getting capital invested, and putting people, once again, back to work, right? So this is what it's all about. Now, why should you be concerned about infrastructure development? A lot of the data that we're going to share today can probably put you to sleep. <laughs> unless, uh, and take no offense to this, unless you are concerned about the quality of life, right? And we all should be. But this infrastructure thing is a big deal. Also had on my uh, television show in December, uh, Dr. Ted Lewis. Uh, Ted is the author of Box Sandpile, uh, and Box known for his uh, uh, critical, critical mass and criticality. Uh, and we were talking about, uh, in Ted's words, the uh, 21st century is get it right in infrastructure because. Not only is our highway system throughout the United States, uh, I mean, running under <laughs> 50s and 60s era, our, our dams, our bridges, our drinking water, our sewage, our electrical grid, and that's an area that Ted is very strong on. All of these things, and I'll point out an electrical grid, you know, we're still doing our 40s technologies. So this is 2012. So it's it's really important that we, as leaders, you at home, you my viewers and my listeners, uh, both on the radio and television show, uh, that you really drill down on this and educate yourself and uh, become a real polite pest to all of your elected officials and to pose the question to uh, business leaders, why not? Why not in regard to taking a look at alternatives to uh, infrastructure investments? So this is what I want to focus on today and uh, also want to let you know uh, that uh, we're going to start our What's My Purpose class uh, Monday, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that, or David's going to tell you a little bit more about what that's all about in our first break, which is coming up now. So let's get this message in, and we'll be back to drill down on what? Can we create jobs with three Ps? So take a listen to this message from uh, David. Are you looking for a clarity of purpose? Are you a recent college graduate, unemployed, an entrepreneur, or considering a career change, a business owner or employee struggling with performance issues? 
Classes are forming now for the worldwide phenomenon, What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 can help you define your goals and vision. Start living your life on purpose. Living on purpose is about joy. Living on purpose is about intention. Living on purpose is about personal transformation and continued growth. What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0 is a 12-week challenging course that helps you address finances, relationships, spiritual growth, physical and mental health. You will reclaim your personal power and get your life on track to attain true success. Classes are forming now for What's My Purpose Life Mastery Course 2.0. Learn more and register at whatsmypurpose.com. That's whatsmypurpose.com. Okay, thank you, David. I want to take a few seconds to talk about Monday's uh, start of our 12-week class. We do this four times a year. What This is what we do four times a year. <laughs> is, uh, we reach out and we do a give-back. Uh, as you know, I am very passionate about supporting our returning veterans, uh, veterans' families, uh, active duty uh, military personnel, their families, and supporting anyone that's struggling today, uh, may be unemployed or may be in that uh, flux. Well, uh, this is what we're doing and uh, at whatsmypurpose.com. I want you to reach out to anybody that you know that fits this criteria. I want you to send them to the website, and I'm going to be very slow when I give you this code because I want you to take this code, and when it says to check out, you'll see where it says the price of our course is $799. Uh, put in this code, 1124 so I'll do it this way, 11-24-2007, 11-24-2007. Insert that code, submit, and you will zero out, and you will register for uh, my 12-week What's My Purpose Life Mastery course version 2.0, which starts Monday at 5 p.m. and every Monday thereafter for 12 weeks. As David said in our promo, it is a uh, challenging, it's rewarding, it's uh, no nonsense, it's roll up your sleeves, it's, we'll take a look at your financial life, we'll take a look at your spiritual life, your relationship life, uh, your physical and mental health. So this is all started off on Monday, but we offered running in 2012. So I want you to reach out. Give the word, spread the word. Like I said, we do this uh, four times a year, and we're going to kick off the year with our big give back. Okay, to the uh, program of the day. Now, can public-private partnerships fill the gap of funding? Well, it's, it's, it's take a look at some of the premises and a little abstract. Uh, behind it before we get into the nuts and bolts. And a lot of us say, well, let's get on with it, right? Let's get, let's get on with it. Okay, given the tight uh, federal budget um, restraints, right, and the shrinking transportation uh, trust fund revenues, and you can go back and listen to many shows and dig down on that further, states and the federal, federal governments need to find alternative uh, financing uh, resources. Uh, to finance uh, our uh, transportation infrastructure projects. 
especially in maintaining, right, maintaining and expanding the capacity of the interstate highway system, uh, increase the uh, use of the public-private partnership contracts. Uh, these are the things we need to look at. So will it work? Will it help us uh, through this, what's commonly referred to in the industry, the three Ps, right? Now, uh, a lot of the research that we've done on this, and we use uh, a great uh, from the Congress and the Transportation Committee, Department of Transportation, uh, great uh, organizations, the Heritage Foundation, McKinsey, Pew, all of us. We we go look at everybody and what you got to say. Then we we certainly have our own opinions as well, right? So, the House of Representatives and the Senate, you know, they're working to complete as we speak. Uh, the legislative language uh, for their uh, respective highway reauthorization bills and plans, right? Now, proposals circulated in the House and the Senate uh, indicate that Congress could exercise some degree, uh, some degree of restraint in federal transportation spending compared with the earlier proposals. And the president's uh, program that he put out in February 2011. Now, as a consequence, uh, the federal and state and local transportation programs may need to find this alternative financing, this three P's, right? Resources just to maintain the current levels uh, of, of inflated adjusted spending. Now, under the uh, right circumstances, uh, this public-private partnership could play a, uh, a, a great role uh, in this alternative funding. Now, some of the things that I want you to consider is this. Let's go through a few bullets to put it in perspective because I want you to follow along with me and allow your own thoughts to be heard as well. Like I said, reach out uh, to your local uh, representatives. Uh, reach out to the Transportation Committee. Uh, send them emails, let them know your opinion, support your associations, and do all of these things. Let's get behind this uh, in in a professional uh, in a professional way, and, uh, and 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 just keep this uh, momentum in front because creating these different funded alternatives, you know, is not only a great way to improve our infrastructure, which is uh, a cause of death, uh, uh, billions of dollars a year in damages, uh, all of these things, but it also keeps the jobs at home, okay? Keeps the jobs within the states, respectively, okay? Now, it's absolutely critical uh, that we really take a look at this and for as the uh, private sector, uh, even though that I know from experience, because I have a lot of experience in this area, working with clients over the years, um, these processes, these three Ps, they're time-consuming, they're complex, uh, I mean, they're costly to put together, but the benefits are, are, are pretty big in some areas. It's kind of like when I say get the right people in the right job at the right time in the organization, this is the same thing. So you got to look at a, a 3P as this right job, right time, right organization, right partner, if you will. Now, now, 
there's some promising results coming from uh, 3Ps, and there is a um, uh, a project. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about that later, okay? Uh, talk about that later. Talk about some of the projects. Well, let me go back and, and, and tell you what I believe can be some great uses for this, okay? And and the innovative opportunities. Uh, congested areas especially is a great place to look at doing three Ps. Uh, and also realizing when you're looking in the Congress and the Transportation Committee, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, when we talk about taxes, and I told you this is boring, so hang in there, but it's absolutely essential that we address this stuff, that when we talk about taxes, uh, nobody wants to increase taxes, but I want you to be aware of this. The last time uh, that we had a uh, gas tax, uh, excess tax, 1993, and, and the tax is currently at 18.3%, uh, uh, 3 cents, I'm sorry, 18.3 cents per gallon, and and is the major source of revenue, okay? This is the major source of revenue for the highways trust fund. Now, we've been borrowing money from the general fund to support this for a lot of years. So much higher fuel efficiency means lower gas tax uh, proceeds in a, in a shrinking trust fund. So as technology in, improves, uh, I mean, the infrastructure development, say if we get an electric car, we still got to have infrastructure to support that, right? Uh, so as we become more efficient, people are buying less gas, if you will, which is a good thing from the emissions and environmental However, uh, less revenue. So we really have a huge issue because if you can take a 50,000-foot view and we look at all of our infrastructure that ties us together and allows us to communicate, we need the roads to drive on and rail. And there's one thing about it uh, from a rail side, uh, uh, a lot of the railroads have been investing their own money uh, to upgrade their systems what's called to support the what's called an intermodal uh transportation and intermodal is uh you know you move stuff by truck uh air and sea right that right combination and especially live produce uh which is a huge opportunity and uh, i'm proud to say that um, i'm working with a very innovative group uh that's uh, coming out and uh and really going to be making some real splashes in the intermodal uh, transportation areas here in our own Silicon Valley, uh, Salinas Valley, excuse me, Salinas Valley. Man, having trouble talking this morning. So, then as I said, still at this 50,000-foot level, uh, we look at the levees, uh, we look at the dams, we look at the drinking water, we look at the natural gas transportation systems, and we uh, all do not need a reminder of the tragic event that happened in San Bruno, California, uh, some months back over the gas explosion. Uh, moving uh, then, as I said, the electrical grid. As you look down, you got all this grid that's crisscrossing in the United States. It's come from Canada. Uh, then we have our satellites uh, walking above. So this is all infrastructure. This is what makes us work. And, and the great thing about that infrastructure is like today, 
Okay, look at here. I am broadcasting live from Carmel, California in our studio. We're broadcasting live. We're on the telephone. Uh, we got people on Skype. I see that people are are listening in on Skype video. I see people that are listening in on our uh, radio page. I see people that are now that are actually viewing uh, the live production. Man, this is all possible by technology and infrastructure. I'm in all of this stuff, right? But you know, we we got to keep it going. And with one thing in mind, is it? going to create a quality of life. And that quality of life, if you look at feeds down, is it going to enhance the food chain, everything, the basic needs that human beings have? So this is what it's all about, and it's how we put people to work. So these are the things that we need to be looking at and need to continue to be uh, innovative, okay? Now, I've got to get in another break, and we come back. I'm going to drill down a little bit more. Uh, about some of the options on, under review, okay? So I'm going to drill down, and I want you to take a listen to this message from David about our 12 O'Clock High program. This segment is brought to you by 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit. 12 O'Clock High is one of the undisputed best movie classics of all time. It is also one of the best business learning tools available. The movie rated number one by top executives for its influence on their management style. Now, the inspiration of the 12 O'Clock High Leadership and Management Summit, an innovative one-day event and 30-day follow-up where you will quickly see what's working and not working on the front lines of your company and in your own leadership style. Learn more at 12high.com. That's 12high.com. Thank you, Dave. Our 12 o'clock high one-day leadership summit is just phenomenal. we got one coming up in February, so if you're interested about that, as David said, go to 12high.com. I'd love to have you in that. Now, let's look at some of the options under review. Uh, boy, this is going to get some hair uh, up on the back of your neck this morning. And uh, a number of states uh, have expressed an interest uh, in placing tolls on their uh, freeway system. Now, these freeway systems are state-owned assets, right? They're state-owned assets. While such proposals, as I said, going to as is and and creating a considerable, considerable <laughs> amount of controversy, governments clearly need to find some source of funding. Now, this is where we need to get uh, prevailing minds. Uh, with passion, uh, clarity, and innovation in the room, and let's talk about, with the nonsense political agendas, knock it off, and let's get some heads in there and say, hey, here's a plan. And each state, you know, come on, let's be a state. Let's be a leader uh, within our state. And our home state, California, has such a huge need, great state, but in my opinion, man, we're just absolutely going backwards in hyper speed, right? We're number 50 as uh, people state to do business with. Our infrastructure need. We were once the seventh largest economy, and now we're just absolutely, it's a, it's a challenge. I love our beautiful state. Uh, we all recognize it. 
We have huge challenges, but a lot of these challenges uh, can be dealt with if we can uh, go back to, uh, here I go again, I'm going to throw this up, the Constitution, right, really understanding what uh, what's you know what that's all about and knowing that we can come together and uh, compromise is not the enemy compromise is, is essential uh i win all your marbles and take away all your marbles is not a good way to obtain cooperation right or compromise or get anything done right so i believe and here i go my emails are going to start kicking in here i believe evaluating further uh, this tow road concept uh, from each state, having as you come into the state, uh, this is Jim White's view, coming into the state and having a tow uh, at all entry points, right? All entry points, uh, which we already have in the way of our uh what's those uh, fresh fruits, uh, uh, inspection stations, uh, border stations, all of that uh, in place uh, and to start collecting some money that way. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's something that we can start doing pretty immediate, right, in my mind. Uh, So I think we should uh, take a look at this. And uh, at the same time, uh, my issue with, my own suggestion is this, and I think it's an issue of a lot of uh, business people, uh, is we don't have a problem paying the tax, providing that we have bright minds using our money wisely, and this is a challenge that we have, uh, where we're just paying into a system and we got bureaucrats make a decision on how that money's being spent. So just visualize this huge pool of money that we throw in. You're throwing in your dollar, and then we're going to walk away, and we're just going to take it, and we're going to say, okay, I'll allow someone else to go spend my money for me. This is what we've got to be uh, more involved. This is how we should be more involved is to make sure that we're watching how our money's being spent. So if we could get some programs in place, uh, and, and, and and we can, uh, if we take the ego and the politics out of it, and I'm saying that is we're just ramping up uh, for our 2012 presidential uh, election cycle in the United States, uh, which is absolutely, in my opinion, the biggest waste of money. <laughs> Jeez, uh, what a process. Uh, what a process. Uh, what a process. Uh, the amount of money is going to be spent on that for airtime and, and and rhetoric, and uh, it, it's a process. I, I think, you know, another show, but I think uh, an election reform is certainly another area. So all these things I bring out, I bring up, it's certainly not new. We've been talking about them, I know, uh, as long as I can remember. Uh, been old enough to, from the voting standpoint, which has been a lot of years now, uh, and and I think there's something to be said about our election system. I'm taking a side. I'm doing a sidebar here. If you didn't see, I changed lanes a little bit. Doing a sidebar. Uh, 
that, okay, you got so many, uh, so much money, so much things. I think that's what uh, England does, right? Something along those lines may be in order. Now, the options, like I said, a tow road option is something I believe we should consider uh, and which will help uh, foster rebuilding the roads, putting people to work as well. Now, the U.S. economic productivity for the past 50 years uh, has been funded on uh, this gas tax stuff, right? 50 years we've been doing it. Now, the federal government is also steadily backing away uh, from the responsibility. And that's what I talk a lot about in my circle of success, my coaching, everything that we do, uh, giving people uh, authority to go through responsibility, right? So the federal government is constantly backing away from the responsibility, uh, but it still restricts restricts state uh, options for financing. These modernization projects, okay? You're backing away, but yet you're in the way, okay? A modernization of our own highways. You know, we should be able, in our state, to say, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Now, if Washington is not going to be part of the transportation solution. If they're not going to be part of the solution, but choose to be part of the problem, now, it should simply get out of the way. So, so I have a, uh, uh image in my office that says either lead or get out of the way. So Washington's got to make a, make a decision, either lead or get out of the way. Don't back away and still uh, put restraints in the place, you know, in, in, in the way of the state, how we can upgrade our infrastructure and to be able to improve our, our, our citizens' quality of life. Now, we've got, to, we've got to step back a little bit and look at the relationship the, for the federal government and, and the states as intended by our founding fathers as well. So once again... If Washington is not willing uh, to be part of the solution and get out of the way, uh, remove the uh, handcuffs, if you will, for some of the states, and then once the handcuffs are removed from, from the states, then our states have got to make sure that we have a responsibility to pick up the ball and make it work. Okay. Now, among the many non-tax options under review, you know, by many states, this current, I mean, this stuff is happening as we're talking, is greater reliance on public-private partnerships. That's what they're looking at, okay, as we're looking at. So we're relying. How can we, how can we, how can our bright, innovative private sector folks come together, our financiers, our design, our engineers, our contractors, all of our people, suppliers, come together because it's right our own it's right our own ticket. That's the innovation. Just don't wait on someone else to do it, right? So let's look at it. So like I said, from the investors, the construction company, developers uh, can join with state or federal agencies to combine all of our experiences, expertise, and funding. Let's get in a room, so to speak, as a metaphor, and, and sort of to build and operate major transportation projects 
There's nothing stopping us from doing that except ourselves. Now, these arrangements uh, can come in many forms. It's creativity. We can do it. And and here are some of the examples. I'm going to run down some examples that's currently in place and let you think about those. Some of the examples that's currently in place and just say, ha, how could we do the same here in my state? And for our international uh, viewers and listeners, uh, you know, we have a strong following uh, from India and Brazil and other wonderful uh, parts of the world. And just take India, for example. Their infrastructure uh, needs is just huge. So money is always an opportunity there. So this is not confined to the United States borders. Uh, these opportunities are worldwide, global. So whoever, whomever, uh, from an innovative standpoint can go and say, hey, here's a plan. Here's my proposal. This is how we're going to cash flow. This is how we're going to, you know, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, we're not going to destroy the environment while we're doing it. Uh, we're going to pay a, I'm going to use the term prevailing rate, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, all setting down and walking out and saying, man, we got a plan. And then what I teach my uh, clients, uh, get a goal support team in place. And who's going to do what and when and accountability and recognize that the resources that you need, you got to line all of those together. That all goes hand in hand, right? So we're going to get another break in. We're going to come back. We're going to look at two states that's had pretty good success uh, with the three Ps in Virginia and Texas. Virginia and Texas, right? <laughs> and I know what you're probably thinking about Texas, right? And I love my Texans, folks. However, we got <laughs> if I can find what we're going to do here, you know, it's, uh, it's, let's do this. Let's do this. Quick break. Circle success. Inspiring excellence in people. You're listening to Jim White's Circle of Success Radio with your host, Jim White. Now, back to our show. Okay, thanks, David. Uh, we're back. So let's take a look at some of the successes, like I said, Virginia and Texas. Now, in the Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C., there's a $2 billion project. Uh, is added 14 miles, man, $2 billion for 14 miles, of four high-occupancy tows, HOTs, right, lanes in the immediate of the Capitol Beltway from the Springfield Interchange of I-95, I-395, and I-495 to the Dulles Tow Road exit to Fairfax County, single occupant cars will be charged a variable rate tows to pay for the improvements, while the carpools and express buses will travel for free. Okay, so that's a project. Now we have these in other states, but this is a private investment deal, right? This is a private investment. So that's one 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 example. Now. In this partnership with the Department, uh, Virginia Department of Transportation, and a private company formed 
uh, and listen, heads up on this, formed by Transurban. Now, they're from Australia, and Fleur, boy, one of our great, great, great uh, infrastructure, Fleur U.S., expects to complete this project uh, by 2013. Now, the project is financed by a $409 million grant from the state of Virginia. Okay, it's a grant. Be interesting. And a $589 million transportation infrastructure finance in the Innovative Act called TIFIA loan. Okay, this is a loan. We talk about grant and loans, right? From the U.S. Department of Transportation. Okay. Now, $589 million in private activity bonds, referred to as PABS, and a $350 million equity investment. You see here? See the word of combination? I said at the beginning of the show that these projects are complex, they're time-consuming, but we have the minds and the innovators in order to pull this stuff together. We have great thinkers. Uh, I could just, I don't want to leave out my other floor and Bechtel and Schimmick Construction and Parsons Brinkerhoff and Parsons, and I, and I know I'm going to leave some out. It's not my intent. Uh, great uh, innovators. Uh, Balfour Batty. Uh, I mean, I can just go on and on and on. Uh, granite. Uh, uh, you know, and I know I'm going to get myself in trouble here, and 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 I'm just throwing something off the top of my mind. And some of our, uh, our our local folks, our local local meaning in California, um, and 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 we have uh, uh, Gelati, and uh, we just have tons of uh, uh, top grade. I mean, just a lot of great uh, great opportunities here. So. Now, like I said, the $350 million uh, equity investment by the joint venture partners. Okay? Now, net revenues, this is what's critical here. The net revenues at your expenses for operation, maintenance, and reserves will be applied first to the PABs. Okay? The PABs are what? Uh, that's the activity bonds. Right? And then to the uh, 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 TIFIA loan, any residual revenue will accrue as profits to the private joint venture partners. That's how it's working. So, man, you're talking about a cash flow, uh, uh, you know, from these private partners, private equities. This is not a get rich. It's not a now thing. This is they're looking for the long term, right? So you got you know you got to have deep pockets to do this stuff. Now, let's take a look at the benefits to Virginia. Now the benefits to Virginia are fairly obvious, but let's take a look at them. For an investment of four hundred nine million dollars, that was uh, state of Virginia's investment. Virginia gets two billion dollars worth of new road capacity. Now, look at this. Virginia, 409, and they are the benefactors of $2 billion worth of new road capacity. Capacity. 
That's the word. And the nation's most congested region. Now, area motorists will have quicker commutes, uh, safer, uh, less uh, wear and tear on automobiles. Uh, thousands of new construction and engineering jobs uh, will have been created as a result of this. And this was between 2008 to the estimated completion 2013. And more than 280 million, uh, million of aging infrastructure, including more than 50 bridges, 50 bridges and overpasses will be replaced in the process. So as you can tell, it's pretty complex. Uh, it's creative. It's a can-do because these projects take so long, it means that we got to be be working on these things now, consistently, uh, consistently, and we got to continue to look at creative ways to do this. Now, so once again, repeat: for an investment of four hundred nine million dollars, Virginia gets two billion dollars worth of new road capacity in one of the nation's most congested areas. Now. A second Virginia P, uh, P3 project will reduce congestion choking the uh, Hamptons Roads areas by expanding highway and tunnel capacity between Portsmouth and Norfolk. Okay, The state recently, um, uh, give me some facts here, the state recently agreed to contribute $395 million uh, to fund the $1.9 billion project. Okay, Look at these ratios. For all of my uh, listeners uh, in our infrastructure, look at these numbers and let's see how we can come out and uh, do some of the things in our local states. Uh, I mean, we have smart people, and I'm going to take up my home state for a moment in California. We need to be looking at these. We need to be looking at these uh, options. Okay, so once again. The state's going to put in $395 million to fund the $1.9 billion project. In exchange, the private developers agreed to put in $318 million in equity and carry $495 million in debt that will, repaid, will be repaid by total revenue. So it's just like invest in something, and you got to make this investment, but it takes a lot of cash up front, so let's see how we can do that in order to get to right. So it's just kind of like, uh, what's this old analogy? Sell them the razor blades, you want the blades, right? So uh, this is uh, this is innovative. This is some stuff we really need to take a look at, right? Now, let's take a look at Texas. The Transportation Committee started its uh, P3 program back in 2001, and I remember when that started because I was working with uh, – some firms that were involved in that. Okay, so in 2001, uh, uh, working as a consultant. During the next seven years, it negotiated. I'm going to just give you these facts. Three concessions worth $8.15 billion. $8.15 billion. State Highway 130 between San Antonio and Austin and two HOT lane projects in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. The state leveraged its contribution of $990 million in public funds to eight times that much 
by attracting investment from private sector. So this is some good stuff. And I know we're hearing in my comment about Texas, we're hearing the Texas governor, uh, I mean, which is not my cup of tea, but nonetheless, his uh, out here on the stump, I created jobs, I created jobs. Uh, no, we, uh, you may be a catalyst. So anyway, uh, that's my that's my rub on that deal, right? <laughs> now, there is growing support. There is growing support uh, in Congress uh, to date that all of these projects have been developed and initiated by the states, okay, and private investors, or a combination of the two, often with federal support such as the uh, TIFIA uh, grants and and permissions to build on interstate right away. Now that's a big deal as well. Uh, permission to build on interstate right-of-way. So we've got to understand these right-of-ways, and this is what my friend uh, Dr. Ted Lewis is talking about. We already have the right-of-ways, so we need to start looking at taking advantage of those right-of-ways as far as putting some of our grid or electrical grid and other things in those right-of-ways as well. So we need to look at those things. And, and it's interesting on the right-of-ways because the states own the assets to right-of-ways, so this is where it gets pretty complex as well. So we need we need to probably drill on that further at another time to make sure our listeners and viewers really understand uh, the complexity of that. But it's there. You do it all the time. And in the Bay Area, the California Bay Area, as you know, uh, we have our public transportation uh, rail coming right in the middle of some of our uh, – Interstates, if you will. So that's the utilization of that BTA and BART and other uh, entities of that nature are using some of these right-of-ways. But we can use them more, be a little bit more creative in how we go about using that, right? Now, it's it's uh, it's, it's 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 really interesting. Um, now, in June, I believe it was June 2011, uh, the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure Chairman. Uh, John uh, Mika, uh, Micah Mika, uh, he's a Republican from Florida, uh, released his 22-page, and we've uh, looked at that in past shows, summary of his highway reauthorization proposal, now, which included several uh, provisions that would encourage, and this is good, that would encourage states to utilize P3s and access other sources of funds to meet their transportation needs. Now, this is a good thing, a very good thing. Uh, While Chairman uh, Micah has since announced that his committee will issue a new uh, reauthorization uh, plan in early 2012, and that's one of the reasons I just wanted to go through this uh, data. Uh, Like I said, it puts you to sleep, but it should not. Uh, I'm just, in, in my own words, just trying to take uh, the complexity and just drill it down in a simple form. And for you to uh, say, wow, I need to learn more. Uh, that's what you should be wanting to do. And to really follow uh, the uh, chairman, uh, you can go to his website. You can sign up for his email alerts. They're very good. Uh, get involved. Uh, understand it because man we have a huge i am you know i, I am so excited 
about 2012. Man, I have never seen larger opportunities in over 40 years than I see currently. Sometimes I wished I was 40 again. <laughs> I mean, I just see such opportunity. Uh, I mean, there's opportunity not only for creating uh, more wealth and spreading it across. Uh, there's huge opportunity if we can just get our head out of our head out of our sand <laughs> and special interests and and, and 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 I'm not suggesting I mean, free speech and I mean I, I am I am all for that stuff. However, um, it's it's important that we come together to try not to be enemies, but to try to solve a problem. Uh, I have a standard set of ground rules that I use in every event that I do, my seminars and workshops and coaching. And one of the bullets on there, uh, you never solved any problem by attacking the people. You got to attack the problem. So we got to drill down and attack the problem, not the people. And this is what we're seeing all the time. Now, part of my whole process and you know, and our coaching and consulting and uh, things that we do, I often refer to uh, the Pareto principle, right? And and it's very interesting how that principle really works, uh, but it's true. Uh, you know, that 20% uh, of the effort <laughs> gets to 80%. So if we can improve that 20% a little bit, that's going to be a great deal. Now, like I said, um, Keep an eye on the proposal. Sign up for uh, uh, Chairman uh, Micah's um, RS feeds and emails. Be aware of that. Uh, take a look at where you are, uh, how you might uh, be involved, how this could affect your business. Uh, and like I said, tune in Monday, Monday on the television show, because we're going to be talking about some cutting-edge uh, funded mechanisms for entrepreneurs. This goes hand in hand. So I want you to tune in on Monday uh, to learn about the crowdfunding. Um, so there's a lot of things that's going on in that area. Uh, we're going to do a couple more things today on the show. I've had some people to say, you know, this is uh, kind of uh, reach out a little bit more. And what we're going to do, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to throw some music in here. Uh, and uh, see how that uh, flies a little bit. So, but I got one song that really, uh, really speaks to me a little bit, and I'm going to throw this in and see if it's. Uh, you'll let me know if it's appropriate or not. Uh, but I want to throw this in and encourage you to kind of sit back and listen to this. And some of the words are chilling, but I, I think it's appropriate. So, take a listen to this.
song there is the will to live, right? Uh, a little chilling, but we got to have the will. We've got to have the passion uh, to make a difference. And there are so many other things that we can look at in, in this uh, three, 3P area. Uh, you know, some of the other uh, proposals that are being considered uh, as moving ahead for the progress in the 21st century. That's what my uh, friend Ted Lewis is talking about. Uh, we got uh, a version, it's called MAP 21, or S.813 in Congress. The Senate's version of the reauthorization is silent on the uh, three Ps. The Senate version is very silent on the three Ps. But it proposes boosting uh, tipped-up funding to $1 billion per year. Other things we're looking at, as I said. In addition to the House's reorganization proposal, that supports the uh, P3s. Uh, individual members of Congress have introduced bills to enhance the private sector's role in transportation infrastructure. Notably, this uh, regards is the Lincoln Legacy Infrastructure Development Act, uh, S-1300. Uh, these things, you, you need to educate yourself on these things. A bill introduced by Senator uh, Mark Kirk, uh, a Republican of Illinois, uh, that would provide P3 Challenge grants, uh, allowing for privatization of interstate uh, rest stops uh, and more interstate tolling pilot projects, increase uh, the tip to funding, remove the cap on um, PABs, and reform the airport privatization pilot project program. Now, there's been limited P3 use to date, right? Limited. We've talked about that. Now, while some P, uh, P3s have succeeded in adding uh, significant road capacities in a number of metropolitan areas in recent years, we uh, we gave a couple examples, right? They remain a minor contribution, and this is where their opportunity lies, a minor contribution to overall transportation infrastructure investment. Now, according uh, to a comprehensive 2011 review of uh, P3s prepared by the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. Go to their website and download it. Be, it's a nice read. Uh, just eight states accounted for almost 75% of the total contract value, which was $54.3 billion of P3 projects over the past 22 years. Opportunity. Only 11 of the P3 projects totaling a $12.4 billion included a financing component. Big deal, opportunity. The P3 market share of all highway investments since 2008 is 2%. Miserable. And one of the greatest opportunity times that we have. P3 projects, most of which are told, or excuse me, are told express lanes, toll express lanes, next to existing freeways and heavily congested urban corridors, accounting for 11% of capital for new highway capacity under construction in 2011. So this, this, I mean, these numbers are staggering. 
Uh, once again, uh, this report was prepared in 2011. I've read it. I'd encourage you to do the same. And you can go take a look at it at American Road and Transportation Builders Association. American Road and Transportation Builders Association. And you can allow Google to do the walk-in, right? <laughs> so you can take a look at it there. So, you know, to recap on this uh, P3, and I warned you, like I said, it's going to be some raw, raw data. Uh, but, uh, man, there's some uh, real opportunities. So it's kind of sum up with some time that we have left of today's show. Uh, in contrast, I'm, I'm going to say it that way to pass skepticism in the House and the Senate about P3 concept, renewed congressional interest, and this is good. You know how we get renewed congressional interest? You. It's you. It's you. (laughs) That's how we get anything. It's you. Uh, And endorsements of new policies and additional resources to facilitate P3. And like I said, there's a lot of stuff uh, uh, that's out there. It's been recognized, some of our more uh, forward-thinking legislators, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, putting different, uh, especially the Lincoln Legacy Infrastructure Development Act. And I'll say that again, Lincoln Legacy Infrastructure Development Act, S-1300, a bill introduced by Senator Mark Kurt that would provide P3 challenge grants if you people are looking for grants dig into this take a look at it allow for privatizing interstate rest stops and more interstate tolling pilot projects ladies and gentlemen of the united states this is a reality this is a reality we've got to step back and do that course correction that i'm always making reference to right so anyway i uh, look to uh, any suggestions you have. Uh, just wanted to uh, be happy to receive them. I uh, just wanted to get this information to you today. Now, like I said, on Monday on uh, uh, the Circle of Success show with Dr. Jim White, uh, we have David Drake. It's uh, on so KYMB TV, Comcast Channel 19 at 1 p.m. Pacific and streaming live jlwcos.tv so once again thank you uh and uh, we'll be back next saturday so until then uh be safe uh, hope you have a great great weekend and we'll talk to you next saturday you've been listening to jim white circle of success radio please visit our website jlwhiteinternational.com Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.